0: Recording in progress. Hello, and finally, welcome to Book Talk. We had to run four minutes worth of spots there. We're now obligated to run four minutes of spots per hour. It's a licensing issue, so we'll get right to Book Talk with Jenny and Nolan. Take it away, Jenny. I hope your Zoom is working better than mine. Well, so far, it seems to be. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome
1: to Book talk is glad to see so many of you here. And Nolan, how are you today?
2: Oh, I'm the better side of excellent. Good. Um, can't really complain. Doing doing phenomenally well and loving life. I guess. How are things where you are?
1: Good. Good. Hot.
2: <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you're cooking down there.
1: Oh, like it's, a like a steamed lobster.
2: It's not much cooler up where you left uh, either. Not uh, not much. Um, I just go by my big old air conditioner downstairs and tap it and say, Don't you fail, baby. Just keep keep
3: working.
2: <laughs> yeah. I'm a friend of mine. Let's not give up.
4: <laughs> yeah, so, talk nice to it. <laughs>
2: talk nice to it. Uh
4: we already have a hand, Nolan, whenever you wanna
2: Sure, let's go, go ahead and there. take that.
4: When we just as we do, and I'll hit the button to, to unmute, but just so you guys understand. Um, and this is going to be Joni, but just so you understand, uh, I think the problems with Zoom are primarily on the phone. So if you hear someone on the phone and they fade out, and they'll give them two, three seconds, and they'll come back. Joni, let's try you and see if you're going to sound good.
5: Hi, this is Joni. Mhm. Hi, everybody. Can you hear me? Yes. Yes. Oh, good. I have a question okay. about Bookshare and the Victor Stream. Um. I'm trying to find a book, and in fact, it's the book that we were talking about, uh-huh. I, invited I Invited Her In. I Invited
2: Her In. Uh.
5: Right. You get search, and you get 200 books, and it says search for more results. I don't know how to do that.
2: Well, let me look, just real quick. I think, if,
4: I think when you do that, if you just hit your um, uh, the, the pound kind of on the on the bottom right, I think that's how you do it.
2: Hang on a sec. Let me see, make sure that book's actually in Bookshare.
4: Generally. Because that's where I read it. Okay. And generally, the the book you're looking for, if it's there, it's usually going to be one of the first.
1: Actually, I think I switched to Audible, but I started reading it in Bookshare. Well,
4: it wasn't in the first 100. Uh, Usually they are. Yeah,
2: it's there. It's called I Invited Her In by Adele Parks. it's It was
4: the very top of my search list here. If Try, oh, Joni, okay. typing in the author's name. Try that. I that think might, I wasn't. That might give you fewer I think, results. I think I wasn't sure of the author you told me last yeah,
5: week.
2: Adele and then Parks. I didn't hear it probably. Oh, Adele, okay. And it's only one L, so don't put two two L's in there. You're, you, you won't make it. A-D-E-L-E okay. Parks. P-A-R-K-S. Well,
5: Thanks so much. That should really
2: that should really shorten your results too. No, it's my pleasure. I'm I'm just sorry you weren't able to find it. You'll enjoy the book once you do. I promise.
5: (laughs) Oh, I've been waiting for it for months.
2: I'm sorry. I hope it. If you, uh, yeah, I don't. I'm sure it's there because I'm seeing it here in my own in my list. So.
5: Yeah, I remember seeing it in the list, but it was I didn't. I thought the author was someone different.
2: Yeah, it's Adele with one L. Parks.
5: Okay, thanks so much.
2: All right, no
4: problem. And
5: I absolutely love
4: Book Talk. Oh, thank you. We're glad you're here.
5: Thank you.
4: And it we're glad go- here. And let's go to Don. Come on in,
2: Don. Well, here's a guy who wrote a great review today with some good stuff. Go ahead.
6: Okay, got me. Yeah, yep, you're yep. here. Okay, well, I want to talk about two books. It'll be a different topic from where Joni was, but uh, they're both about and written by uh disc jockeys. Uh one is called You Only Rock Once and that's by a guy named Jerry Blavitt. Now, you probably don't know who Jerry Blavitt was unless you've logged some time in or around the Philadelphia area. Uh his stage name, his nickname was the Geter with the heater. And he was he was a disc jockey forever in the Philadelphia market. But he never went national and in the book it talks about why he didn't go to national. Uh, he did have a couple of offers but <clears throat> but um when when the suits who made the offers read some things about his background in Philadelphia, uh they shied away from Jerry Blabbitt. So that's, that's one. The only rock once is that book. And, he
4: and we had, featured him, Don, on All Things Radio. Uh, I'm not sure when it was, but it hasn't been too long ago. So if you want to hear some of him, check out All Things Radio, and you should be able you should be able to find it. It hasn't been that far back.
6: You probably did it when he passed away. Which was, I think that's true. Which was only sometime last year, which really surprised me because he sounded ancient when I was listening to him in – I was in college. I was in Glassboro, which is now Rowan University, and that was in 1982. Of course, I was 19 years old then. I thought almost everybody sounded ancient at that time. <laughs> and then the other one, the other one was uh, it's called Duop, and the author there is Bruce Morrow. Now he is better known on a national scale because, well, locally in New York, he's known as Cousin Bruce or Cousin Brucie, and it was kind of funny. And I wrote about this in my review. Uh, I went to camp in Jersey, and one of my cabin mates was br- named Bruce, and because Cousin Bruce was so big, everybody would come up to my friend and say, Cousin Brucey, which is how <laughs> Cousin Bruce on the radio was introduced, but, and I'm just kind of starting his book, but... This yeah, book,
4: I would be shocked if we hadn't featured him on All Things Radio too. So
6: his his book especially is more about the music. It's not really a life of Cousin Brucey. Uh, and the nice thing with that is I well I can't use her name. I have to call her the A Lady because if I use her name, she'll go off and interrupt what I'm doing. Right. But if, if I have the A Lady next to me while I'm reading the book, and he talks about a song or a group. That catches my attention. I can ask the A-Lady to play us that particular song or that particular group. And there's books about country and bluegrass that are the same way. And this is one, you know, about Duwak, which was the music that launched Cousin Brucey into, in, in, into the world of radio and made, made him a star.
2: That that was a great review both now and uh, earlier today. Well thank I was, you. I was impressed. Nicely written. Good Yeah, morning. and I'm just getting going with that one. I got a long way to go, but it it's a heck of a book early on. Oh, I've gotta turn this off. I've got it. sorry. I have iPads and iPhones screaming and uh, No, that was you did well. That was a good review. So. Thank you.
4: How about uh Gina? Gina, go ahead and unmute. We should be able to hear you. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> gotcha. You're Go in.
7: Ahead. Okay. Okay, dumb question alert. How do you spell do Oh,
2: that's not a dumb question at all. We <laughs> should have done that for you. It's, I believe, D-U-O-P.
7: Okay. Because I want to read that book by Bruce Morrow. I used to listen to him sure. when we had Sirius XM Satellite Radio.
2: Yes, that's when I was listening to him in recent oh. years. So, yeah. Yep. Any other hands?
4: No, we're caught up on hands okay. for now. Oh, here comes Don again. So Don, uh, go ahead. Okay, yeah, the s-
6: spelling is actually I misspelled D- it. D O O and then W O P. It's two words. Sorry, two
2: I'm sorry. Thank you for but if that.
6: if if the questioner looks under Morrow comma Bruce, you'll find the book just the same.
2: So again, D O O space W O P. All right, yours makes more sense. Thank you.
4: Anytime. And now we're caught up again.
2: All right. So I didn't talk to Jenny about this in advance. I needed to, that's on me. I've got to communicate better. Let me tell you a quick story and then toss a question because I can use the help of this group. I was in a call on Sunday. I teach a class, uh, a church class. Most of the folks who come are, are, they're all Zoom users and they're all alumni of the old Utah School for the Blind. And we just did it during the pandemic and we've been teaching it every week. On Sundays, anybody would be welcome. But anyway, that's the story. And a friend of mine, <laughs> who is a member of my list, uh, whom I love a great deal and who's who's he's just brilliant in terms of his his intellect and creativity, uh, piped up and we were talking about something and he said, "You know, Nolan, you're the only guy I know who can write a three-hour review about a two-hour book." <laughs> <laughs> And I thought, wow, that's a zinger. And, and then he did soften the edge a little. He said, well, but also what you need to know is um, if there are three reviews written about the same book and yours is one of them, I'll read yours. And so that was a nice nice way to redeem himself. He did well. I'm curious about what makes a good review, and that will help us on this on this call as well. What do you see as components to a good review? What do you look for? And on the other hand, by the same token, what makes a really bad review? What is it that, that causes you to say, well, I wasted my time reading that review? What are some of your thoughts, if, if you don't mind chiming in? I'm, I'd be curious.
4: Well, Sherry is, yeah. uh, she wants to comment, so we'll bring, uh, we'll bring Sherry in and let her comment.
2: Great, thanks.
8: guys. Um, first of all, Nolan, I always enjoy your reviews.
2: Wow, well, that's very kind of you. And
8: Thank I mean you. that sincerely. What Thank I you. want in a review is I want some details okay. so I know what what's the book about in general mm-hmm. and is it enough to make me interested to read it. And specifically with Bard books, I want the narrator and the time too, but that's just okay. for Bard books. Mm-hmm. Um, what I don't like, I get very resistant and won't read a book when somebody's review says you must read this.
2: Oh, interesting! <laughs> I will tone that back. That's good knowledge.
8: I don't react that way to you, but there. I'm is guilty of it,
2: though. I've said that many, written that many times, so that's it's, good knowledge.
8: It's some, you know. People say I really found this a great book, and okay. I, th- I think everybody'd like it if you read mm-hmm. it. But when you say you must you read, read this. <laughs>
2: I can I see just, that.
8: My little stubborn vibes go, yeah. hey, I'll never read it now. <laughs> or you
2: tell me what I must do.
8: Exactly. Yeah.
2: <laughs> All right.
8: Also, sometimes people say things like they'll tell you the name of the book hmm. and then they say it was really good.
2: Well, that, well, that doesn't me. tell me
8: anything about.
2: That really frustrates me for the same reasons, yeah. 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 So
8: then I don't go read that book. Because
2: exactly. Why should I? Exactly. I've been the same, yeah.
8: So I like, you know, some details. Okay. I don't mind, even if you wrote a three-hour book review, I don't mind that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah but um, you know i want some details because otherwise why should i why should right, i read it
2: good point if 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 you're going to rely on if you're not going to include some details in the review you may as well just slam the synopsis in there and walk away and what At good least is that? that
8: much yeah yeah, yeah. yeah so exactly. that's kind of how i feel about it well, i like a that. more detailed review okay i'd rather have too many details than nothing
2: all right that, that helps a, us in this program more is
1: afraid i'm going to give too much of it away <laughs> yeah, and then know, you won't want to read
2: it it's like that's the well, balance i already know
1: act. what's going to happen so
8: yeah, no, i kind of i kind of like that to some degree that's you, the
2: balancing you, act
8: you never give too much away you either jenny so so you get, you often say just enough to make me go oh, write that down and go to Bard or Audible or wherever and get that book. So mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. that's all I have
7: to add.
2: Thank hey. you very much for that.
4: Uh, Deborah has her hand up. So. All right. Excellent. <clears throat> Deborah, go ahead. Yes. Yes.
9: Yes. Um, I think that one of the things I appreciate the most in a review is your honest opinion. Mm -hmm. And I may decide that your opinion is something that I want to know why you didn't like it and Uh I'll read it or Uh why you really did like it. And Uh I want to read it because it doesn't sound that good to me or whatever. Um, But that's important. Um, yeah. And of course, a synopsis it gives a few things like sure. the other person just mentioned. That's sure. important to me too. Crucial, yeah. Um, yeah. And I, I guess I tend not to pay that much attention to narrators.
2: Mm-hmm. Okay. But
9: when a narrator is egregious, I want. Yeah, know.
2: you want to know that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh huh. Well, that helps. That really does. I I've never asked had the opportunity to ask people what they thought or how they you know what would would work best, and so this was a good opportunity, and it helps us on this program, too, frankly, for a lot of the same reasons. Mm-hmm. Thank you for that. Any other and, hands? And we're
4: caught?
0: Uh, let's see. Uh-oh. Oh, <laughs> I heard that, Nolan. I know. Here we go. That, no, that wasn't a bad thing. Oh, okay. I, you know, I, I read a review yesterday mm-hmm. on the DB list, and this person kept... Constantly through the thing, kept saying how much they didn't like the book. You know, they can say it once, maybe twice, but three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine times. <laughs> and nobody would want to <laughs> write. I mean.
2: That helps me, too, though, actually, because I've probably been guilty of that a time or three.
1: Well, I mean, I think. I I remember the one he's talking about, and I think it's good to say you don't like it. If you don't like the book overall, I'll say sure. you know it really wasn't a good book. But sure. but don't just like browbeat the poor thing. Like I didn't <laughs> like it because they put too many commas in sentence uh-huh. six, and uh-huh. there's not uh-huh. enough in ten, and uh-huh. it's like it's not a this a college sad. exam. It's a book review.
2: Yes. Yes, yeah it's it's a fine fine balancing act. It really is.
0: Mm, You stepped on the cat's tail now. (laughs) Yes.
2: (laughs) That was
4: fun. Believe me. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Gil is next.
0: (laughs)
10: Hi everybody. Hi. Gil in St. Louis Mm -hmm. and um, uh, Nolan. I I always read your reviews, even if it's a book that I'm. In a genre that I'm not sure I'd be interested in. I still oh,
2: thank review. you for that. That helps. I
10: really yeah. like the reviews. Thank and, you. Uh, I like the reviews you you and, and Jennifer have done on this show. Uh, Good. Good. Sent to, uh, several books, and um, I, I look for that email from Jennifer after the. Yeah,
2: that's hugely helpful, isn't it?
10: Go books you know <laughs> and that's... so it, it's real helpful but i i don't need a whole lot of synopsis uh, okay. often the the bard synopsis is enough for me in a review
2: okay that's helpful to know
10: but then mm-hmm. i then i like to you know know how the person really felt about the book you know and uh that's that's obviously really important so uh anyway i uh uh I I have so much trouble writing reviews myself that,
2: well, you, you do well when you crank one out I, I, I've always appreciated what you were able to do so.
1: You write some good reviews Some of the reviews yes. you've done of romances have been fantastic
2: Exactly, yes And we need more of that because the dumb guy who operates DB Review is more into the murderful stuff, the mysteries <laughs> And so he's not much helpful Maybe
10: I'll have to uh, go back to doing reviews more often?
2: Than oh, we'd love to see them, seriously. I, it would help balance things out a little bit. I think if, seriously, if there are people who are disenchanted with DB Review, it may be because there's too much mystery and murder and mayhem. Um, so if if people want to balance that out, boy, that, that would be helpful.
4: And Jennifer, if they want to get that email that Gil referred to, they would do it how? Good question. Uh-oh, by
1: sending a blank message to Legend dash plus sign subscribe at groups dot io.
2: And that is that message is a labor of love, believe me. Because I, I assume you're just using this podcast to compile the the, the notes. Are you not? I'm writing as we're as, as we speak. Okay, as that we helps speak, a And then bit, I but... go
1: after the show. I go back through and gosh. and verify all my numbers and everything with cards. Oh card gosh, no, and send the notes to Bill for the podcast notes. That's a labor
2: them. of love. My goodness. So. Well,
1: because I have a tendency when I'm writing to maybe misspell an author, so I like to double check so somebody could actually find it if they went.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's hugely helpful to me even, because then I can look at that and say, well, what did you do last week, dummy, that you don't want to do next week? So that's that's, huge. that's big helpful. Uh, well, thank you for those of you who commented on this. I, um, It's always a, f- a fascinating experience. I love writing the reviews because it forces me to pay better and more attention to the book. If I know I have to write about that book afterwards, I promise you I'm going to pay a lot closer attention to what I'm listening to or reading than than otherwise.
1: I like um, reading the reviews because there have been books that I've read based on somebody's review mm-hmm. that I wouldn't have read just looking at the annotation sometimes.
2: Mm-hmm. I, a great example of that for me, yesterday, I think, Mary released a review of an Ellen Hildebrand book. And I don't normally read her. I tend to see that name and think, "Oh man, I got, uh, I'm not going to do. Boy, that was such a captivating review that I went out and downloaded it. So she's a good writer. Yeah, that's what everybody says. But I, for some reason, I've kind of steered clear. But I won't anymore after uh, that review yesterday. So um, it's it's you know I set up the list hopefully in an attempt to help others but I wind up doing myself a tremendous amount of good as a result too so when when people send that stuff in um well thank you those of you who've contributed to this i that's actually hugely helpful um again both for for my book list and for and for us on this program because we can do a better job of understanding what it is you need from us and make it happen um any any more hands
4: Mm-hmm. Oh, uh yes, we got one, so let me go and hit the Duncan is up and I oh. sent him the unmute. So he should be able to unmute now.
2: Okay.
11: Okay, can you hear me now? You yes. are good. Yes. Yes, I've enjoyed this program today, and I'm got earphones on, so you can't hear the speech. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I've heard, I've heard the program before. Uh, <clears throat> you all were talking, you, you all were talking about. Uh, uh, some of the narrators. I've been. I just finished another one of Patrick Taylor's books. He writes the Irish Country series. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I cannot remember for the life of me who narrated the Wiley O'Reilly. It was uh, definitely uh, an American, but he did pretty good with the accents. Hmm. Uh, but I liked some of the other books a little better. The Irish Country Cottage, The Irish Country Christmas. Uh, and that was done by an authentic Irishman at Potomac uh, Talking Book Studios mm-hmm. uh, in the, in the D.C. area. Yeah. Uh, then the one that I may have commented on earlier, uh, Unoffendable by uh, Brant Hansen, who read the book himself. Commercial audio. He sounds like if you've ever heard the commercials for Medishare. Sounds just like the guy who does those commercials Funny. for Medishare. Right. Very good reader, and it's a good book. I'll just simply say it's a good book. And I'm now sorry. I tell me
2: the name of that again.
11: Unoffendable. 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 Oh, okay. Definitely, uh, it's a Christian book. I have grant, but uh, it's. I think anybody could read it, and uh, sure, we we so especially when you're applying so quick to fly off the handle at times, I think.
2: You're right. You're right. And,
11: but another book that I am have been working on for years, and I've had it in my collection since 2009, is The Poetry of Robert Frost, read by George Backman. Good Complete. for you. Uh, yes I'm going to finish it it may take the rest of the
2: year because that the is I astounding do. that's not an easy project no it it's 11 hours and yeah. it's also on bookshare but it's poetry that's what's going to make it that that makes it really challenging I think yes so, well yeah. you guys are doing a great job well, I'm and thrilled I, for you that's a, that's a good project well done
11: well thank you and let I us, us know how
2: that turns out if you finish it <laughs> I,
11: if I do uh, yeah. and I love your review on newsreel
2: I oh really thank do. you oh you're very kind that's good I'm I'm glad that's out there well thank you guys thank so you. much yep appreciate it
4: and let me go and hit deborah's unmute Oh, she's already unmuted, so Deborah go ahead.
9: I just wanted to raise my hand. Um, I just wanted to add one thing about what I said, and it's Mm -hmm. not that I just want to know whether you liked it or not, Mm -hmm. but I'd like to know what it is you liked and what it is you didn't like about it.
2: That is crucial, isn't it? Tell me why Mm -hmm. it It mattered or didn't. Yeah.
9: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And also, um, like if there's some kind of, Construct. I mean, like the way it's put together is odd or interesting. I want to know about that
2: because
9: mm-hmm. um, I really come enjoy reading books that are
2: novel in some way, mm-hmm. other than just being a novel. Sure, um, that makes sense. Yeah. So. Yeah. All right. Thank you for that. Um, again, Jenny, I'm sorry I didn't talk to you about this in advance, but I it's been it's been on my mind since Sunday, <laughs> and I thought you know what you know, the only way you're going to get any kind of help with this is to go to the experts. And uh, get them to, to tell you what, what works and what doesn't. So thank you for being patient with me on that. Um, well,
1: that's it. We need to know what ah, – it's an interesting discussion. Yeah. and it Because um, I was thinking today about um, another topic I kind of had in mind was how did you, as all of us, how did you – get your love for reading? Was it because you had a teacher that that found interesting books and got you started reading, or was it because you uh, were read to as a child? Wow,
2: that is a great question.
1: know, for me, it was because my mom, when I was young, before I started school, read chapter books, and I remember we would read at night before we went to bed a chapter or two of a good book, and and even before that, I think I vaguely remember, well, I remember my father would read Dr. Seuss and things like that when I was really little. And so I always was read to, so books were always part of, of my life. And I couldn't wait to to be able to sign up with our state library when I was old enough to do that and get books of my own to read
12: you know
0: I was a sports fan ahead. Ahead. I'm sorry I was a sports fan and when I was very very small I used to read books about basketball or baseball oh, cool. or something like that whatever even cats nolan oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> just just to I'm, read just you know what I mean man, because yeah. those were obsessions of mine so you know that now Gina's got something to say. Sure, she does.
4: So go ahead, uh, come on in, Gina. She should be good to go. It's that it's that elusive unmute button.
2: Yes, <laughs> yeah. trippy every every time.
7: Yeah, especially on the iPhone. Right. Um, anyway, um, I, I guess what made me get into reading was that I had teachers in school who read chapter books. There's one that my third-grade teacher read to us, and I would love to get a hold of it. I don't know the author, but it was called Fairy Doll, F-A-I-R-Y, Doll, that kind of fairy.
13: Mm
7: -hmm. And um, I'd love to get a hold of that and read it for myself. Um, And then she read Little House in the Big Woods, and then... Uh, little Town on the Prairie or my fourth grade teacher read that to me mm-hmm. and uh, got me started down a bad path here. No, just kidding. Because <laughs> no, uh, I'm still path. reading. Now I'm reading books about Caroline Poiner. I mean, it, it just doesn't stop, folks.
2: There you go. There you go. Yeah. <laughs>
7: but, um, you know, that's how I got started. And I was read to when I was a kid. I think my um, my grandfather and my grandmother both read to me. Nice. Um, I was raised by my grandparents. My grandmother used to read me the Sunday school papers and ah. things like that. And uh, my grandfather used to read me. Um, he read me Henry Huggins, uh, oh. you know, things like that. I mean, when, when you're either read to or you listen to a talking book, that mm-hmm. that tends to make a person really love to read.
2: It does. Yeah, it, it does. I'm with you in that the the the, the henry and Ribsy books were crucial to me growing up i loved them and interestingly enough my journey to books had a lot to do with an older brother who used to scare me at night because he would find the spookiest most horror driven books <laughs> he could really find and read them and then he would go lock the not lock but but shut the bedroom door and say now nah, you you can't go to the bathroom or nothing man you got to stay in that bed and I would just lay there in terror. I needed to go to the bathroom, and I would just be terrified that he was going to not let me out. Um, but it was a good experience because they were fun books. He, he used to read um, – the main characters were, were the Hollister Twins. And the Hollister Twins got into all kinds of spooky trouble. And I don't know any of the books anymore. I've forgotten the titles. But he was he was instrumental in, in helping me you know, get involved in that, as were my parents. Uh, believe it or not, Captain Kangaroo used to read stories to those of us who are old enough to remember those years.
4: Yes. Yeah. Oh, wow.
2: And so, uh, anyway, I'll be quiet and let us call on some of these other folks.
4: Let's go to Gil, and then we're going to go to Kathy after him. So, Gil, mm-hmm. you're up first, and then Kathy, we already sent you the request, so you're up after Gil. So, Gil, go ahead, and then she'll be, Kathy okay. will be next.
10: I, I got uh, off to a bad start uh, reading books in that when i was in the elementary school in the sight saving program the teacher got books from i think recordings for the blind but they were supported by volunteers and i did not enjoy those i can see that i was turned off to audio books for a long time Hmm. and uh, i had some useful sight. so uh, when i was in junior high they had a program where you could buy scholastic books and uh, I got in buying those and I enjoyed that um, but then as as an adult I gave the um, NLS books a try and realized they were professional narrators and uh, excellent and uh, I I Loved it. And um so um ever since then I've I've just read and read and read. That's my favorite pastime. Yeah,
2: I agree.
1: Kathy. I remember the very first book I read on Talkbook. It was we read it on a we had a stereo that had I think speed sixteen or something like that. Little records. And I was in second grade, and it was the Secret Garden, and Ooh. I was hooked. <laughs> yeah, that'll do it. <laughs> I've been reading ever since. But I have a, the main reason why I wanted to talk is because I want you to say that how to get on Jenny's list again. I tried it, but it's not letting me send. I wrote L E G
13: E N D hyphen V-O-O-K-T-A-L-K plus subscribe and groups.io. Now, what did I get wrong?
2: Um, you need an at sign in there. Um, yeah, plus legend. Subscribe. Oh, you did say the at sign. I apologize. Babe. No, I didn't.
9: Press subscribe. Where's it's, the at sign?
2: It's it's going to be. Um, <laughs> it's going to be legend hyphen book talk plus subscribe. Press subscribe at groups Yeah, that's what I did wrong. Okay. <laughs> yeah, you slap that at sign in there. I'll bet that'll fix it.
13: Oh, it was saying, send dimmed, and I'm like, ah. Okay, (laughs) thank you. No problem. But loving your show, I always do. Thank you. And I love your reviews. Don't change a thing.
4: Thank you. (laughs)
12: Pierre is up next. Uh, Pierre, go ahead. Yeah, uh, you asked about how did you get into reading. Well, I remember when I was in high school, we had to read stuff like, Silas Mourner and uh, uh, Red Badge of Courage and Uh the House of Seven Gables. Oh, I was so turned off of reading. So um, one assignment we had, she said, this time I'm not going to give you the book to read. I want you to go to the library, pick a book, and give a book report on it. Well, I picked a book called Rebel Without a Cause. Ah. And I was hooked. And so I, I read till I graduated, and then when I graduated, you know, I went to work and all that, and seven years I got away, and then I got, uh, uh, I went on disability, and they sent me a talking book player, and the very first book was called Like Any Other Fugitive, and the other one was, Monty Walsh read by Jim Walter. It was it Walton. It was a western, and yes. I've been hooked ever since.
2: Nice. Oh yeah, I remember Monty Walsh. I read it as a younger person. Oh, hunter. did you? Yeah, yeah that I was know. a good yeah. book. It really was. Yeah. Thank you for those comments. That's really helpful. Any other hands? Not yet. Okay. Oh, Sherry had a hand. Oh, she? Sherry.
4: Let's see. Let me it was Sherry. Sherry yeah. is Sherry, you're good to go now. I just hit your unmute and then Don will be up after after Sherry. So we'll go with her and with Sherry first. Okay. Then Don, you're next. Okay. So sorry about that, Sherry.
5: It's okay. I'm kind of a
8: little combination of some things that people said before. My dad and stepmom or my stepmom read to me. Mm -hmm. and teachers read in grade school up to about sixth grade, read like right after the lunch hour. Mm -hmm. But I can remember, because I went to public school, I was totally blind at the time, but in California in the 60s, that was the place to be if you were a blind child and wanted to be mainstreamed. And it's not that way anymore, sadly, but it was. (laughs) Um, So... I was taught to read Braille at the time that the sighted kids were learning to read print in first grade. And from the time that the, the teacher for the blind kids put my hands on a Braille book and started teaching me that they those dots made words, I was fascinated. Yes. And, I mean, even my little red storybook, see Tom run, run, Tom run. Exactly. I didn't care. I was reading something.
2: Yeah, it makes a difference.
8: And I remember two books that I read, there was down in uh, Santa Clara County where I grew up, there was a volunteer transcribing project and a small little braille library at the Santa Clara Valley Blind Center. And my stepmom would take me there every other week or so on a Thursday night when they were open, and I would get books. And that was when Mm -hmm. I first read Follow My Leader, which I've talked about before on DB Review, and a book called Mystery at Boulder Point, and it had a blind girl And a mystery on a beach. It was, I just remember that. I've always wanted to find that book again, never found it anywhere, but I just was fascinated with books. I just wanted to read all the time. Mm -hmm. I envied my sighted friends. All my sighted friends were book readers, and I envied them for being able to just walk in a bookstore and own a book, buy a book, own a book. Yeah. And I dreamed someday I'd get. Rich and I'd have a huge house with wall to wall books everywhere. Now I don't have to do that. I have an SD card. I have exactly. a stream. I have a computer hard drive. Exactly. I have all the books I wanted. But yeah, really, true. it was my my stepmom and the teachers reading and then being taught to read, and I never wanted to stop.
2: That's great. Yeah, thank you for that.
4: Don, you're up. Okay.
3: There Yeah, this is actually Don and Sandy, Uh, I know that Sandy has some problems, people, where she's uh, at right now, she's got people. Uh, So I have to, I'll I'll, uh, put her on mute, she's kind of on conference with me here. Uh, So anyway, let me uh, get mine out of the way here, and I'll get to hers. Uh, Mine mostly was uh, history that... uh, got me interested in reading. Uh, I, I had uh, my my uncle uh, was in World War II, and he had a a book on uh, the battleship that he was on and stuff, so oh, although I cool. couldn't read I couldn't read the captions, I could see the pictures.
2: <laughs> Excellent. Uh,
3: I had that, and of course I had television and uh, everything, uh, but I couldn't read for a long time because I had a trouble, an eye-tracking problem. I I could see out of both eyes at the time, I could only see out of one now, but anyway, at the time they wouldn't track, so I finally came on the idea of, uh, of course we had to ride the bus to school and back, so. On dirt road, I thought, well, if I track, <laughs> I can't, uh, you know, or practice uh, on that. I'll, I'm in real trouble. So I, that's what I did, and I actually got my eyes so that they would track together so I could uh, read uh, print books and so. Very cool. Uh, so that was one of the things that got uh, that got me interested. But it was, it was the history that really got to me.
2: Yes, that's uh, fun stuff.
3: So, so Sandy, uh, what got you into reading? Uh, oh,
13: God well, by the time I got to third grade, I was reading Braille like mad. I read everything I could get my hands on. I <laughs> loved reading. Yeah. And I had talking books, and we had Library Day, and I lived for that because I loved to read. And That's I read the, did you ever read the Narnia book?
2: Oh, of course, yes. Good. Yes. It's
13: so good. She read all of those Narnia books. I was fascinated by those.
3: Yeah, she got into that. And then what was that other series that you read?
13: Uh, oh, it was a, It's called uh, Mabel de la Roche was the author. And she read, she wrote these books about this place called Jalna in Canada. And in morning at Jalna, White Oak Brothers. It was about the White Oak family. And they were so good.
3: Yeah, the rest cool. is history, right? Yeah. <laughs>
13: oh, yeah. So, I just, I love reading.
3: Yeah. So, yeah, we've been readers all our lives. We're up our... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh. mm-hmm.
13: I've been reading Braille and talking books since third grade.
2: Yep.
3: Yep. Well, very good. Uh, Thank uh, you got- both club here when I came to Los Angeles so I got involved in that too.
13: Oh yeah. Oh,
3: had yeah at one time. That can be fun. So anyway yeah. that's our story. Uh, or- well, thank hey, you. My
13: mom my mom started helping me read Braille when I was real little and then I got ahead of her and she said oh forget it. You can read on it. <laughs> <my phone." laughs>
3: that's great. That's great. <laughs> yeah we enjoy your reviews though as well. Oh, thank we you. Yeah, we
2: appreciate it. Okay. We're glad you're here. Thank you. Any other
4: hands? Mary, Mary is next. All right. There, we sent her the unmute again, so she should be able to unmute. And she is still muted, so right. we'll we'll go ahead and then we'll come back to her when she okay. can when she's unmuted. Okay. All right. Um, we have.
2: Audio now unmuted. Zoom there we go. I got it. There she is. You got yeah, it. Yeah,
14: I forgot about the got it button.
2: Oh, of course. That'll get you every it, time.
14: Yeah, that's what got me, but I fixed oh, it. Good, but Anyway, good. I just wanted to say that I was read to when I was young, and I would say uh, anything from fairy tales to Book of Mormon stories, Bible stories, the whole, you know, yep. anything and everything. and. I also am looking for that book that Sherry Gomes was talking about, The Mystery at Boulder Point. When I was a kid, it was called Mystery of the Moon Cusser. It was under a different title then, and I can't find it under either one, and I'm surprised that NLS has never done it. It was brailed by a local library when I was a kid, and and I've been wanting to find that ever since, and I I can't, oh, and I don't know where it is. Yeah. It must be out of print. 6
8: 000 8- but
14: anyway, that's when she mentioned that, I knew I had to come in and say something in case anybody has. It's by Eleanor M. Jewett. I don't know how to spell her name, but um,
13: mm-hmm.
14: she also, it's not even on Bookshare. She wrote one that is has been done by NLS, in fact, was read, was digitized. It's one of those books they were able to Bring from records all the way to digital. It's called The Hidden Treasure of Glaston, set in the Middle Ages in England. Interesting. Same author, mm-hmm. but Mystery at Boulder Point. I've never seen it since I grew up. So if anybody's seen it, I would sure like to know where it can be got.
2: I wonder if Internet Archive has it. I, I don't know that because I haven't checked. But they What do is an it? Awful Internet Archive? Hmm. Uh,
14: it's an been- old yeah it's an older book it was it was copyright like around nineteen forty nine of course i was i i like sherry must have been mainstream in public school in the sixties and that's when I saw it
2: yep uh, they, uh, I don't know it's it's worth looking at InternetArchive.org. i believe that's its website and seeing whether they they have it um, thank you I don't know all right any other hands up?
4: I no do, hands. I you know, question. you know how I started reading, yeah. though, Nolan. My, I asked my dad a sports question. I think I was two uh, or three, uh, uh. and I asked him something about this, uh, about an athlete, and I forget who it was. Uh-huh. And he said, "You know how you're going to learn about that?" He said, "Get a book and and read it." So Very they would cool. uh, they would let me de- get books. Mac, mm-hmm. you know, even at that age, you could get yeah. books, and sure. I did that. And gosh, that's how it Yeah.
0: I've got a question about a book, Uh Uh, a title that I can't find. Everybody's looking for missing titles, and I may have it mixed up in my mind, and that's not unusual. But it was called, I believe, The Sinclairs. It was about a saga of a family went through the Depression and all of that stuff, and I can't find it on NLS anymore, and I remember reading that book. When I was so much younger, and I don't know if I'm missing something or what what the deal is, but maybe somebody can let me know.
2: Yeah, let me look real sound, quick.
0: Sound like I, I thought I was leaving the meeting. <laughs> oh, you're good. <laughs> nope, you're right here with us.
2: No, you're good.
0: I I do kind of remember. And we'll still have time for one of nolan's famous reviews
2: uh i've got no ordinary billionaire the Sinclair's number one by um j. s. Scott I don't know if that's the saga you're looking at um that's on Goodread's and then here's Forbidden billionaire, the Sinclair's number two
0: so far I don't think so.
2: Billionaire's voice, the Sinclair's number three. Okay. The billionaire takes all. Um, The billionaire's Christmas. The billionaire's uh, secrets. Sinclair's number six. Um, I don't. I mean, I don't know. I I guess we could spend Uh, all time. Yeah, a lot of time. I don't see it offhand.
0: I might, when I have a few spare free moments, uh, go looking and see, and I'll let you guys know what I come up
2: yeah, with. Yeah, if you find it, we'd love to hear about that. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, do we want to do a couple of reviews here? Or sure. That's um, our pleasure.
1: I. We can do a couple of reviews. There's one that I I don't usually read um self-help books but i read this one and i really thought it was fascinating because you know uh, it's it's called the five love languages how to express heartfelt commitment to your mate and it's by um gary d chapman and it's actually it's a five-hour book believe it or not but it's it's interest. this book is talks about it was written by, for um by a marriage counselor and he ta- gives you um and it's about how you show your love to your partner and he talks about the five different languages of love that people have um and people and it's learning and the it's learning which ones your spouse responds to there's the the quality time where that you show your love to them by by spending time with just the two of you and and enjoy that time that's one of them. The other one is um words of Mike sorry about this my Braille display is showing zoom instead right. of what I'm looking at
2: right i I get it me too
1: come on, oh um. It's okay. Let's see. Sorry about that. Um, quality words of affirmation, like oh, how much you appreciate what they do, um, mm-hmm. praising them about things. Uh, the, the third one is receiving gifts mm-hmm. and acts of service is the fourth one and physical touch and and he t- gives you um like shows examples of each of these of these different acts of these different um types of of communication and and i i thought it was fascinating cuz you know like you may you may be an affirmation person but your spouse may be a a quality time person and it's just it was fascinating learning yeah. which is which and and how how they can work together and it is um once again that was called the five love languages how to express heartfelt commitment to your mate and it's um db 64174 and it was by Gary D Chapman
2: that sounds wonderful it's, that's I've heard of that all for months and years, but I've not I've not read it. It sounds like a really good book.
1: It really was because it gives you examples so that you know what he's talking about. And... Mm-hmm.
2: So I'm going to take a complete left turn here. And um, did we have a hand up that? Or did, no, no to someone left. just left after me. All right, yep. they left. All right, I'm going to take a complete left turn here and review a book that. <sighs> Some some people will say it's a Christmas book, and others will say, no, it's really not. I don't think it is, but I absolutely loved it. This is book 10.5. Let me double check. Uh, this is book 9.5 in the Walt Longmire series by Craig Johnson. It's called The Spirit of Steamboat, and uh, its number is DB78294. Or, if you want it in Braille, you will order BRC 01300. Once again, DB 78294 or BRC 01300. Why did I love this? Well, it's a super short book. Walt Longmire is the sheriff of a small Wyoming town, and it's way buried down in the series, but you don't need to read the series to enjoy this book. It's Christmas Eve as the book begins. Walt is sitting alone in his office, reading a rather tattered old copy of Dickens' A Christmas Carol, one of his favorite books. It was a book given to him by his dad, and so he treasures it for a lot of reasons. His girlfriend, uh, or whatever she is, has gone to Belize for the holidays with her mother. His daughter, Katie, is too pregnant to travel home from Philadelphia, and so it's just Walt at Christmas time and he figures later that night he'll go out, hang out with his predecessor, the the old sheriff, who's no longer obviously the, the sheriff of the community, an old guy in an assisted living place. The two of them gathered and play chess every once in a while. His Christmas plan, plans are that it's going to be a very quiet, uh, uh, not very unique season. He gets a knock at the door that afternoon as he's reading his Christmas carol, and begrudgingly he sort of goes to answer it, And there stands a young woman in the door of mixed race, uh, part Japanese descent, and he doesn't know her. She says, do you remember me? And he said, no, I have no idea who you are. I'm sorry. She said, that's okay. You're probably too young to have been here when I was a baby. Um, Were you the sheriff back in whatever year? And she mentioned the year, and he said, no, that was Lucian, his friend, and she said, uh, could we go see him? And Walt thought, that's a pretty pretty unusual request, but okay, fine. So they journey over to his place, and the young woman, of course, the old guy doesn't even remember her either, Lucian. He doesn't recall who she is. And she looked at both of them and said, would the word steamboat, spirit of steamboat mean anything to you? And immediately it took them back to the Christmas of 1988. There had been a terrible storm in Colorado and Wyoming that Christmas Eve, and a young family had slammed a car uh, into a uh, uh, some obstacle and caused the car to burn, and the parents were burned to death, and a tiny baby girl was barely, barely alive. They were able to provide short-term medical care in Wyoming, but they knew the only way the little girl would live is if she could be airlifted to Denver. The storm was of such intensity that the helicopter pilot said, no, he wouldn't do it. No one in town would fly this little child to Denver, and Walt knew he was a brand-new sheriff that year. Walt knew that he had to find a way to make it happen, or the little girl would surely die. In the airport hangar in the small town where Walt is sheriff is an ancient World War II-era airplane, and it's barely flyable. Its hydraulics leaked and its fuel tanks leaked. And they had kept it just as a souvenir piece. It had belonged to Eisenhower. He flew it during the D-Day operations, according to this fictional book. And um, Lucian, the old sheriff before Walt, had been a flyer on one of those particular planes. He flew it in Jimmy Doolittle's raid over Tokyo. And they convinced Lucian that he could fly this old World War II era plane into Denver. And everybody said, "You're crazy. You won't make it. You're going to kill all of you. Will die." Why are you trying to save this child's life when everybody else on the plane will, will die when it crashes? This this is a suspense-filled, wonderful story about a small group of people who airlifts a baby to Denver. You read about the horrors they go through. They, at one point, have to re-intubate the little girl because the, 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 the ventilator stops working well. The airplanes bomb bomb doors fall open. This again is an old, Be- uh, an old, sorry, an old World War II bomber, and so it's up to to Walt Longmire to figure out how to close those doors so that the drag isn't too much on the fuel consumption. It is a wonderful, suspenseful four hour book that will just keep you riveted to it all all the entire time you're listening. Um, is it a Christmas book? I'm not sure. Of course, it happens on Christmas Eve, but it's not. And yet there is a sort of spirit of Christmas. I don't know. I could debate that all night long, and it won't help. We've got to get out of here. But again, that's called The Spirit... Not The. You need to leave The the out of there. It's called Spirit of Steamboat, and it's by Walt Longmire, and it's DB78294BRC01300. If you read it, I promise you'll just love it, because the suspense is there, the... You just lean forward and you feel the vibration of those engines and you wonder if you're going to crash and die in the mountains somewhere uh, between Wyoming and Colorado. It's just a tremendous, tremendous book.
0: Thank you so much, Nolan. Thank you, everyone on the panel. Thank everyone, for listening. Have a great week. See you back next week at 5 hey, p.m. Take Eastern. Care, Bye-bye.
13: The recording stopped. <laughs>